0: Working with clients is only one part of what we do. Another part is communicating with parents and making sure parents feel comfortable in communicating with us as well. So how can we effectively communicate with parents? So years ago, I spoke to a really distraught parent who had received a note from their child's school. Uh, The note said that their child engaged in challenging behavior. And, you know, the note she said wasn't new. Her child's been engaging in negative behavior. Um, But there was never anything on the note to say, hey, here's what we're doing about it. Or, hey, you know, it's okay, we've got this. Or here's what she was trying to communicate. Um, it was just, hey, she engaged in these challenging behaviors. And the parent's perspective on that was that, you know, that note is okay every so often. And sure, you know, the note's objective, and she understood that, but there was no soft touches around the note. There was just, hey, here's what it is. Here's what it is. And day after day from a parent's perspective, that's really hard. Um, And, you know, that note can say, hey, here's what she did. But Add something to it, like here's what we're doing about it, and that's where why the parent was so distraught because there was nothing else included in the note to say, "Hey, don't worry, parent, we've got this. We're we're going to you know have a meeting about this. We're going to discuss this. We've got this." There was no show of confidence at all in the note. There was no anything else in terms of other information, and you know we have to take that back as ABA professionals and go, "Wow, like the way we communicate with parents really does count." And how do we? fix that?
1: And how do we make that better? So the most communication with parents is going to likely be through the paraprofessional, the therapist, the teacher, the support staff, because they are really the ones, um, you know, on the ground, having the most communication with both the child, the, the student and the parents. And it's really important that the message comes across that this is someone's child, that you really do care about this student. And and that comes across when I went for you know a really good tip is that starting any meeting with a parent is start with something about that child, not something completely generic like you know he had a great day or you know something something like that, but something very specific like I, I looked at his arts and crafts and it was it was so nice or he's really making progress in this and I'm so proud of him. Um, starting with some, with something positive because very often the communication, like Shana was saying, that parents receive is not positive. We usually reach out when something's wrong or when there's a problem. And so as the person having that ongoing communication, how can you make it better? So I, I started out as an
0: ABA therapist in the home setting. And every home I went into, the parents just seemed to communicate a little bit differently. So some parents would, you know, keep me at the door as I'm trying to run for lunch for about 15 minutes wanting to talk about their ch- children. And then other parents I barely saw. Um, so I think a really important step in terms of communication with parents is asking them, you know, if, especially if you're in the home, asking them, how would you prefer communication? If you're a teacher in a classroom or a paraprofessional, ask the parent, how do you prefer communication? Do you want it in a communication book? Do you want it in a Google doc? You know, Hey, here's the app that our school uses. This is what we're going to do. But what would you like to see that communication being, you know, some parents say, listen, like I, only want communication once a week. I'm really busy and I this is it. Other parents say, listen, I really like a lot of information every single day, um, but I want information on this, this, this and this. So if we know exactly what parent goals are, not just their programming goals, but goals in terms of communication, we can help to meet those needs.
1: And I would also say have some parameters for yourself around that because communication can become overwhelming. There are some parents who want, you know, constant communication. You might say, well, you know, I'm not going to get my cell phone number and it's going to go through email and we can compromise on that. So have the parameters that you need for yourself or know that, I'm not going to be able to communicate at these hours or on the weekend, but I'm more than happy to have a phone call at this and this time. So having that balance, because sometimes, like I said, it's someone's child and like, you know, they, they are very, you know, interested in that information and you obviously want to give it, but having that Balance between you know your time, their time, and the information that that you're able to give.
0: You know, some people go back and forth with just a blank notebook, and a blank notebook goes in the student's backpack, and you know somebody's supposed to write in that notebook about you know what they did that day and everything else. That's a lot of time as well. So you know, when Shira said have parameters on your time and what you're communicating, a blank notebook can be a lot. Um, so what I'll do is you know a a checkmark system, not a checkmark, but like a checkoff list, you know, maybe A, B, C or D or a rating scale. Or I'll have like, you know, a rating scale from, you know, zero to three. This is what happened today. And really so that at the end of the day or throughout the day, you know, somebody can go through and just go voop, 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 circle, 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 circle. And the parents have all the information that they really need. And it took us about 30 seconds to do. So really looking
1: at the way you're communicating that as well. And it goes both ways, right? Because we want parents to communicate with us. And we, you know, have a student who we find that, or we had a, a feeling, a theory that his sleep was affecting his day. And there was really no way for us to know that, you know, parents were overwhelmed. They obviously also were not sleeping. Um, and so sometimes their reports would be a little bit skewed because like, that's all they know. They don't know what it, you know, what it's like to get a regular night's sleep. So instead of putting it on the parents to say, well, you need to tell us all these details about how exactly you slept. And, you know, even though it's eight o'clock in the morning and you're rushing to get your kid off to school, we need you to communicate with us. Instead, what the teacher did was she created like Shana was saying a checkoff list and we made it simple so that when they came for drop-off, we would complete it with them and we just ask them a few basic questions about, you know, what time they went to bed, how many times they woke up, what time they woke up in the morning, a few simple questions. It was doable and it was a great way to Bridge that communication because it did really affect his day. So we were able to kind of get that information, communicate that with parents and then be able to use that information to, you know, change demands during the day or make his day a little bit easier based on his sleep. So I have um, one parent I work
0: with in a home program. And, uh, you know, I'm so used to parents wanting so much information. And, you know, we've done these communication books, and here's all the information. I've done the whole, okay, I'm standing at the door for 10 minutes and debriefing after every shift with the parent. And I walked into this one family's home, and the mom actually worked from home, um, but she was very busy. Um, She was an exec, and she literally locked herself in her bedroom, because that's all the room she had. And she, you know, was on calls all the time. And it was just For me anyways, it was just such an odd feeling at the end of the day, just really walking out and, you know, leaving you know, leaving the child with, I mean, he's with a caregiver and, you know, the mom comes in to help him get lunch and everything else, but she really didn't want to talk to me, you know, and it's, I was so used to a parent going, give me all the information. And when I'm trying to stand at the door and have a conversation with her and she's shooing me out, you know, it's the opposite, but you have to respect that as well. And that goes back to what do the parents want to hear? And she's like, listen, like, I'd love to hear all about my kids day, but I don't have the time. Like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And I got to get back on calls. So get out of my house, leave me alone. So making sure that you can read a parent that way as well and know exactly how they want that communication. And I
1: think it also comes to like finding that balance. There are some things that parents really need to know and some things they want to know and some things we want them to know and figuring out what is that balance. You know, we We always want to give the best feedback and say they had a great day and everything was amazing. And if that's true, then great, fill that out. But maybe be a little bit specific. You know, he put on his shoes by himself or he really enjoyed water play or whatever that was, even if it was a good day. And I think finding that balance between giving that positive feedback, but also being a little bit honest, you know, maybe he struggled with a transition from lunch um, and that's okay. I think it's better that parents hear that in small doses paired with the positivity then all of a sudden it coming to a point where, you know, there's a bigger problem and the parents had no idea. So don't save the issues for when it becomes too big of a problem. I would recommend communicating that as it happens in a way that's positive And in a way that says, you know, like Shana was saying, there's a solution, you know, he had a hard time transitioning tomorrow, we're going to try a visual. Um, so having that honest feedback, but also making it sound positive. I know we all want it to just be like good stuff. And they had a great day because that makes everybody happy. But it's not going to work out if at some point, you know, th- there is something that needs to be tackled.
0: I always feel like we should have that visual in our head of that balance scale, right in that balance scale of okay, so here's the positivity, but I do need to balance it with some of this or I've got some of the, you know, the negative stuff that happened, but I'll balance it with the positivity and, you know, making sure that if you are, you know, telling about challenging behavior, or a t- challenging thing that happened. During the teaching session, um, you balance it out with positivity, but make sure that you're genuine about it. It's not like, wow, I really love Jimmy's shirt. And by the way, you know, he hit me this many times and I have a black eye now. Like, you can't do that either. So, really make sure that when you are giving feedback, be honest, um, but be positive, as positive as you possibly can, um, in terms of, but we're going to try this tomorrow, or but I'm going to talk to my supervisor and we're going to come up with a plan. Like, don't worry. So I had a student, actually, it was school this past year. And, uh, you know, the child, everything was going really great. You know, the communication book had, wow, he's doing great. He's doing great. He's doing great. And then all of a sudden he was expelled. I'm like, well, why is he expelled? What, what's going on? And apparently he was hitting and kicking other peers to the point where they actually had to take him out for recess at a different time. And they were putting him in a different classroom. And we heard none of this. Until it got to be so late in the game. And, you know, if we'd heard about it right from the get go, you know, we could have probably all brainstormed as a team and said, oh, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And let's get together and come up with some solutions. So making sure that, you know, you've got that balance and making sure that parents know
1: right from the get go what's happening. Um, And the other thing to mention is keep it simple. Um, not to use like in behavioral jargon with parents, but also when you're talking about what they did during your session, not to talk about like their tacting and labeling, you know, maybe the parents are interested in that fine, but try to stick to things like they learned all their colors, or, you know, they they knew how to how to read five words today. And those are that's regular language, you don't have to say it in complex behavioral terms in terms of frequency and instances of SIB. like I would stay away from that. And Use language that's super simple and not technical.
0: Yeah, and Sherry, you mentioned at the very beginning of this that you know we do have to remember that these children are someone's child, right? You know, the students we work with are someone's child, and at the end of the day, when you're communicating with parents. You know, you're talking about their loved ones. So, you know, yes, making sure that you can say they've done this, but making it positive, you know, keeping an upbeat attitude. This is what we're doing. Um, you know, a lot of these parents have been traumatized um, by some things that they've heard, you know, in the past or from other people or places they've been. Some of these parents are scared to go out in public because of some of the, you know, negative behavior that their kids engage in or some of the looks that they get from other parents. So really be mindful of that when you're communicating with them.
1: And one of the things that, you know, a little bit surprised me and and I changed my thought on it was I didn't understand why parents, you know, got a little bit upset when we would make last minute changes and without telling them um, if they would drop off and it was a different therapist than they expected or a therapist was moved off of their team. And for me, it just seemed like, you know, a technical thing. Like, well, you know, they're fine. They're still running their program. But then I started to see it from a parent's perspective. And like, If your child might be, you know, non vocal or not able to communicate, and you're leaving them with somebody that you might not know well, or it's a change for you, it's a change for your child. And I started to understand how that could be, you know, a little bit scary or you know something that that was concerning. So we can try the best we can to let parents know in advance of any changes of schedule. To try to keep things consistent, or ask them if they'd be okay with changes before we make those changes. And just being overly communicative about any changes to the schedule or to the staff. And I think that that really helps to reassure them when they're you know dropping off their child or they they have to leave them. With somebody. Absolutely. So I think the last thing that I really wanted to drive home, you know, we talk
0: about all this communication with parents. Um, making sure that you allow time for that, and talking to parents about when that time is, but also making sure that, you know, your primary job is with the students. So, you know, we talk all about this communication, 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 um, but you're there for the student, uh, and sometimes, you know, we get overly caught up with the communication, and you walk in, and, you know, parents are there, and they want to chat with you, and then half an hour of your session's gone by, and you've just been talking to the parent, and then, you know, three weeks later, you know, the supervisor gets a phone call and says, you know, that Shane up person. She really likes to talk to us, but she's not playing with our kid. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, even though the communication is a balance, the communication versus working with a kiddo is a balance as well. So making sure that a like the minute you walk in the door yes you want to talk to the parents or at least you know have something but you're there for that student so the minute you walk in that door acknowledge the student hi jimmy how's it going i've missed you sally oh wow um but then number two look up at the parents and say hey give me a brief lowdown but you know like time's a tick in. i, I got to go to therapy session listen if you really want to talk i'm gonna do a lot 10 minutes at the end okay and really being mindful that you're there to work with a client and you shouldn't be talking to the client. Or the the parents the whole time and just making sure the clients know that too.
1: And your job is hard. I'm sure your life is hard outside of your job. And sometimes we tend to bring that into our jobs, especially sometimes if we're working with families, we get to know them. They get to know us. We're in their home. We get a little bit comfortable, but we really want to emphasize that stay positive. This is still a job. Leave your baggage at the door. Don't come in, you know, complaining and catching about how hard things are or, you know, how much how hard the session was um, really having a positive attitude. Again, balance with that realism of what's really going on. But don't bring your baggage into it. And I know that that's really hard to do, um, but it's super important because these are families, these are someone someone's child, and it's your job to support them and to be as positive as you can with them parents also have enough going
0: on in their lives. They don't need to know about your personal life as well. And they don't need to have to worry about you as well. Um, There's been a few times where parents say, oh, you know, have you heard of so-and-so? She's like done X, Y, and Z in her personal life. And oh, can you believe that so-and-so? Like, I understand pairing with a parent and I understand, you know, developing that relationship, but there should be certain boundaries and making sure that, you know, those boundaries get left or sorry, those boundaries stay,
1: but that personal life gets left at the door so that it's, you know, it's about working with your kid in the long run and how you communicate when issues come up. Like there will likely be problems or things that come up and things that are hard to kind of leave at the door. So what do you do with that information? So you should be having a supervisor who you can ask for help. There should be effective channels of communication for you to get that support, as opposed to, you know, venting to the wrong person or complaining to the parent or solving it in a way that is isn't appropriate. Ask what is that channel of communication between you, the parent, the supervisor, or whoever else is on the team, so that problems can get solved in an effective and professional manner. Yeah.
0: And I mean, there might be some times where, you know, you have to say to the parent, I always just said, leave your personal stuff at the door. But there might be times where you're saying, listen, like, you know, um, my sister is about to have a baby. Uh, I need to have my phone on. Or, you know, my grandmother just passed away. Uh, I need to take a few days off. Or, you know, my grandmother passed away, but I'm going to come anyways. However, I need to keep my phone on for this. Otherwise, your phone should stay off. Your phone should stay in your pocket. Your phone should stay away. Um, Be off of that. Parents really don't need to know about your personal life, obviously, unless there's something big and and they need that communicated to them. Um, But all in all, I mean, it's hard. We say, do this, do this, do this, do this. Ah, It's hard. But communication with parents, if you can find that balance, it is going to be your best
1: friend. Um, And also communication, like we as BCBAs are also in that communication circle. And sometimes I've had RBTs or therapists who didn't like something that was in the plan or who didn't like a program that was being run and didn't say anything about it and were just, you know, upset about it. And so I think communicating with everybody on the team when something comes up or when you don't understand something or you don't agree with something, that's also an appropriate way to voice your concern
0: something they don't talk about at school, right? They should have a whole course on just communication and how to effectively communicate with people. And uh, maybe they do, but it's not mandatory. And it really, really should be. So, you know, for more tips to work with parents, check out other videos. Um, We have something on working with parents as a BCBA. Check that out as well. Um, So in summary, we talked about a lot today. In summary, we talked about how to best communicate with parents, asking what they want to hear, how they want to hear it, how it should be communicated. We talked about leaving your personal problems at the door and really staying positive through session. And we talked about that balance between, you know, giving positive feedback and, and giving the, you know, feedback about challenging behavior, but how we're following up with that challenging behavior.